0: Welcome to Dr. J's Path to Success podcast. Dr. James Fetish is a successful practice owner, best-selling author, and speaker. Listen in as he shares his secrets to a successful business and a successful life. So now, here's Dr. J.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. This episode is titled Next Generation. Next Generation. So, why are we going to title that? So, we, I've had a couple things that have uh, been going on recently with me and just uh, you know, thinking of my future and stuff, and kind of wanted to get this podcast together about the next generation. So, what you find is uh, unsuccessful people, lower class, middle class, lower middle class people, are often thinking very short term. So, when you're in your office, you know, most of your staff are talking about the weekend, right? Whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Monday, Tuesday, talking about the weekend just happened. And, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, talking about the weekend coming up. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's just short-term thinking. And that's how most unsuccessful people think. They're real short-term thinking. They're not worried about 10, 15, 20 years from now. And that's how come the average person ends up with, you know, less than $10,000 at retirement. So they're all of a sudden they're 65, 67. And now they're realizing they probably should have been thinking about this and they were 20. But at 20, they're 25, 30, 40, they're worrying about what was going on the next weekend or what vacation you are taking next month. So they've kind of hit on this a little bit on the podcast, you know, how we're planning on vacations a year in advance. I mean, we booked our February trip like four months ago, like uh, this is in August. So you know, we're booking vacations as soon as out as we're allowed to book. So a lot of times airfare stuff like 11 months that are booked, booked, paid for, done, re- range, you know, 11 months out and we're talking about what we're gonna do the next year after that and next year. So we're always planning a couple years out. As far as business and your personal life, the same thing applies as well. So in Japan, they say that a lot of companies plan in centuries and then even a thousand year increments. So they're planning out what we're gonna be doing a hundred years from now and even a thousand years from now. But you know, big companies in the US do the same thing. You know, Apple's not worried about what's happening this weekend or what's happening their stock price on Monday. They're worrying about what's going on five years, 10 years, 20 years. What's the next thing? Looking out more into the future. And you have to be the same way as well. That's why your business, a lot of doctors I coach with or have problems, are really looking short term. So, what promotion is going on this month, next month. And that's why I talk about, you know, in the podcast and in the book that one of the first things I do with my coaching clients is to get them marketing planned out the year, right? So most guys just, what am I doing next month? What's next month? Then you're going to have some coaching clients like that. Um, you know, they're just, what's next month? What should I do next month? And it's like, we really got to plan the year out and you're not just chasing next month. But anyway, so it's a mindset thing. Successful people, you need to look way, way further out. So, for example, for myself, like I spend all the sorts of time on uh these simple savings calculators, you know, bank rate, and seeing like kind of what my investment choices now are going to do when I'm 60, 70 years old. So I'm 39 now at the time of this recording. So in 20, 30 years, I'll do this all the time. So, I, you know, if I keep saving this much per month and investing this way, I'll have X dollars at 60, I'll have Y dollars at 70, Z dollars at whatever age, right? So I, I'll spend, I'm doing that like once or twice a week, just playing around with different numbers, different options on how I can do things, right? So it's just something I'm doing quite a bit because I'm looking 20, 30 years in the future. And even my wife and I were always talking. All right, the kids are off to college. We'll be this, you know, about 60. They'll both be in college. What do we want to do? Do we want to move somewhere warmer? Do we want to keep this house? You know, we talk about that kind of stuff. You're looking way further ahead. So I want to encourage you to look further ahead, and that's not really actually what this episode's about, but it's kind of a little backdrop to get you thinking as the next thing that we're going to talk about. So it is a little bit about what we're talking about. So one of the things, once you have children, if you don't have children, uh, there'll still be some good points in here for you. But when you have kids, you start wondering about, you know, what they're going to do when they grow up and in 20 years from now, it makes you think a little bit longer term as well, or at least hopefully you are. And again, same thing with college savings. I mean, both my children are, are the minute they were literally the first month when we got all their social security paperwork and all that stuff done, we had 529 college savings plans for them. A lot of parents get to the point that their kids are 15, and now, oh, college is only three years away. We better start saving money. Like that's not the time to think about that. So you know, both of our kids, we started a monthly plan at, at birth, and X dollars go every month into their five twenty nine. And these were done within you know six weeks of being born. So we're looking ahead twenty years. All right, how much is college going to cost in twenty years? What do we got to save every month to make that number? Is it going to max out? Blah 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 blah. So thinking way ahead like that as well. But anyways, when you have kids, you're going to think out a little bit. And funny when you're do, especially media, public speaking, and, and the book and stuff. One of the most common things, and chiropractors do this all the time. They always ask you, Do you want your kids to be a chiropractor? Is, is just really common i'm not sure why that is but we always tend to ask each other that whether your kids are like four months old or like 25 like people just always ask that of chiropractors for some reason but i guess most professions you know there's a tendency to follow in your father's footsteps or your mother's whatever that's like an old-fashioned thing um, but uh, chiropractors are more than other professions for some reason i think because it's an interesting and challenging profession you know some of us do very very well some do very poorly um, you know, it's interesting. You go to almost as much school as an MD or as much school as an MD, but you don't get any of the respect they get. On average, we earn a lot less. So it's, it's just an interesting profession. Uh, it's more of a calling for most of us, at least those that are in it for the right reasons. But anyway, so people ask you that all the time. So it's not I've been thinking about before I even on kids. You know, as soon as my wife's pregnant the first time, you start thinking about these things. What do you want your kids to do in 20 years and, and all that kind of stuff? So I've thought about this a lot and uh, I want to encourage you to as well. So, like I said, we're all way too short sighted. You might be thinking, wow, this guy's crazy thinking about this stuff. But you know, I have clients in the mid late 40s that aren't thinking about what they're going to do retirement at 65 or how much they're going to save in 15, 20 years. Like, God, the sooner you start thinking about these kind of things, the better. And the more long term thinking you have, the better things work out for you. You know, short term is up and down. So it's kind of like investing in the stock market. You know, it goes up and down daily. People get crazy watching that. And, um, you know, i not that I don't check into that because I invest money in the stock market, but. Um, you know, up and down every day, every week, every month, it really isn't important. Over you know, 10, 15, 20 years, it always goes up in a relatively predictable manner. You know, the average 8, 9% over the last 20, 30 years or more than that, it just goes up. But, you know, day to day, it goes up and down. So your life can kind of be the same way, right? There's ups and downs. You have a good month in the practice, bad month. But Let's look at that overall trend and let's look long-term. And we start thinking more long-term goals, you can get a lot more done. But anyway, so we got back to the children and, and that kind of stuff. So we're talking about the next generation is the title of this podcast. So people always to me, you know, would you want your kids to be a chiropractor? And I can say I've really kind of thought about it for a while. You know, and I wouldn't discourage my children to do anything else. I'd really say I would would want to encourage them to be business owners, one way or the other. I think that's the only way to really make it successful this day and age, is to own a business. I think uh, you know, with the tax laws and the way everything's set up, it's very hard to make it make a great living as an employee and have the you know freedom and and the choices that you want. I really think that the only way to do that now is to be a business owner. But honestly, I'm not the kind of guy that would push them into one thing or the other. But it's just something to think about. And the other thing when you have your own business or practice is what do you you hand that over to your children? So, you know, it's a big thing to plan down the road. And even, you know, like I said, I'm always thinking 20, 30 years out. So say you want to retire at 60 and well, do I want to sell the practice or, you know, my daughter would be old enough if she was a chiropractor, maybe she wants to take it over so I don't sell the practice, but that's a big chunk of income that you may be counting on for retirement. So that's where this longer term picture thinking comes into play. You ever say, I don't know, I want my kids to take over the practice one day. All right, well, don't plan on getting that amount of X of dollars when selling it when you're done because you're handing it over to your kids, right? So handing over practice is something really interesting. So a lot of docs will do that. Their kids will become doctors and dentists or chiropractors, whatever, and they'll, they'll hand over the practice. So they build a successful practice. So it's a lot of work to build a practice, that's what we help teach doctors. Um, you know, it's a lot to start. I started mine from scratch, absolutely nothing, zero patients. In those first couple of years, I mean, you sell part of your soul that you never get back. You know, working, I worked seven days a week, and went to every health fair and spinal screening. And I mean, it was you know, twelve-hour days, seven days a week for years to get the thing up and running. And it really takes years and years to get really, really profitable. I mean, it started paying me a living wage after a couple of years, but I wasn't really living very well for a while. You know, it was in a little little place for years, and uh, you know, it took a long time to really get very profitable. And to hand over very profitable practice to your children is a, is a really good gift so it's something to think about all the you know, things you think about when you're thinking down the road so we're going to talk a couple stories to kind of delve into this so I think I've kind of come to my realization with this and uh, kind of want to pass that on to you as well so I dealt with two businesses where it was the father-son dynamic and then uh, had another friend, and, and it kind of all crystallized really well for me. And I've been kind of thinking about this podcast for a while. And it, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or anything, but I kind of really came to some really important conclusions, I think. And it's important for you to to pass these along. And the point of this podcast isn't for me to make friends, is to help you out. And if uh, you know, sometimes I say something that maybe offends one person, but it helps out a hundred. You know, that that's a good thing. So anyway, so you know, I dealt with a couple businesses where there was a father son dynamic. So one where the, the father started the business and gave it to the son, and. Um, was not doing a great job running the place. And you could tell he was just kind of ungrateful running the place and and wasn't doing a great job. So it kind of got me thinking about this, and I knew the dads to help them basically start it, hand it over, and it wasn't doing a great job. Then I had another instance where it was the father's business, the son kind of helping out. Son making mistakes and father sticking up for him, kind of dynamic as well. And then I had actually just finished reading a really interesting book that kind of went along with this point as well. So it's called My Father's Business, The Story of Dollar General. So it's actually a pretty decent book. Um, If you were interested in it, it, you know, it was the best book I read, wasn't the worst. It was pretty good though. Um, I really like business biographies where it's not just a business book. I mean, I read a lot of tons of business marketing books. You can find a business biography, like a true story of how somebody really started and ran a business, you know, about Elon Musk or somebody like that. You know, you get the business lessons and you get the personal stuff which is really pretty cool but basically dollar daniel started by the grandfather real mom and pop uh, father takes it to you know 1300 2000 stores something like that and this the grandson of the original owner or the son of the main main guy takes it to like hundreds of thousands of stores and a billion that multi-billion dollar company uh sort of thing going on but it's funny enough that the title of the book is my father's business and like half the book he's just mentioning it. my daddy's business that he's got the southern kind of thing daddy's business daddy this daddy that daddy that and You know, this man has accomplished so much. And I don't know, who knows what he's worth, billions probably. And he took this small, you know, to take a place from 1,200 stores to hundreds of thousands is is a huge feat, right? Very few people have done anything like that. And he was at the helm of the company for like 40 years or something. He was the CEO for 40 years. Dad gave it to him and handed it over, you know, as he's older. Uh, But really, the whole book, my dad's business, my dad's this, my dad, the whole book. And it was kind of like, this man couldn't have accomplished much more. I mean, there's only a few people. I don't know his net worth, but it's got to be up there in the top. You know, whatever it is, he's got to be top. And he's got hundreds of thousands of stores and made millions and millions, probably a billion dollars. And uh, literally, you know, writes his memoir. his book was supposed to kind of be his memoirs, He's getting older. And he's retired. And uh, it was kind of his memoirs of business and life. And the whole book is really just talking about daddy this, daddy that, daddy that. And it just seems like you can't accomplish any more than this man did. I mean, some people do. But very, very few people and um, you know he still lived under his dad's shadow like you couldn't have been any more successful ceo of a billion dollar company and you made all this money like he really reached the top of the top but you know you could tell you this inferiority deal going on with the dad the whole time you know t- the whole book talks about it. he just can't help himself you know it's supposed to be of him and the business and he spends like half the book it's just my daddy this daddy this daddy that and you can just tell how he's lived underneath the shadow of his dad his whole life and uh yeah it just really got me thinking so that's kind of some of the cattles for this podcast and i've seen this happen as well doctors kind of slowly turn over the practice to the kids, or not turning it over, and then, you know, it's kind of a a no-win situation, so I've kind of thought, do I want to hand this practice over to my kids one day or something, or, you know, any business that I run, and all these things kind of all catalyzed in my mind and all these events going on. Uh, and I've kind of realized that no matter what, it really, does, it's hard to make it work out for the kid, right? If they, they do very well, like this guy did, did very well, they're going to say, oh, it was dad's business, he did well. I and mean, look at Donald Trump. I mean, some people still say this about him today, that, you know, his dad gave him that initial seed money and he didn't even really help him as, all that much. I think he was somewhat involved, not an expert in the situation. But uh, people criticize him still to this day. He's a billionaire president, you know, that his daddy helped him start it. And daddy, daddy, you know, you hear that all the time. And I think dad just came, wrote him a check to get him started. I'm not really sure the details, maybe helped him a little bit, but no matter no matter what you know some people say that some of his personality traits are due to him still trying to prove himself all these years later that it's not his dad that helped him; it's his own doing so you live underneath that shadow your whole time and it really you know is interesting and in this uh, dollar general story his son basically begs him to get into the business and uh, he tells him no and he and eventually ends up doing well for himself as well so it's really pretty interesting so I've seen this happen a bunch of times in a bunch of different ways it's funny I have a good friend who's uh, made up plenty of money in, in our profession and uh, his son decided to want to be a chiropractor as well, and basically made him take out student loans to pay for the thing, and uh, didn't give him his practice. He, had, he sold it and uh, made his son work for somebody else for a few years and start on his own. And he helps coach him and guide him, but made him do it all on his own. And you know, I remember for years thinking, oh, why didn't he just pay for his school? You know, I know he has the cash. Why didn't he just uh, you know help him start it up or get in there or hand his practice over or buy him what or whatever. And then now I kind of realize that, you know, a couple of years, the kids are getting, they're not the older, three and a half years old, but I've been thinking about this for four or five years. And uh, somebody's situation dries up, so I kind of talked to him about it. And I'm like, oh man, I get it. Like, you know, now I totally get it. So, you know, it's just interesting thought. Um, so I think you're really, you know, my answer for me is that I'm going to, it's not going to be something that I'm going to hand over to them. I don't plan on it. If they wanted to get into the profession, you know, I'd, I'd let them. I'd probably tell them, listen, you know, my thought, someone just asked me that day that was a student. I'd, we have interns like nonstop in my clinic, there's like students chiropractic, PT, like there's constantly interns in my clinic. I always let people intern um, for me, if they're still in school or just kind of shadow for a day, there's like literally constantly somebody there, especially in the summer. Summer's getting over, and there's just there's kids in my clinic every day. But anyway, so you know, kind of asked me this question about my kids. I said, yeah, I, I wanted to go into business, and I just think you know, I think college is important. I know some people aren't on that, and I definitely think, you know, college isn't for everybody. I think that's part of the problem why we're in some of this debt and everything. There's nothing wrong with getting into trades. You know, the average electrician and plumber is probably making more than the average chiropractor out there. Um, so there's definitely nothing wrong with that. School's not for everybody, but I think for a lot of us, school's important. I think we're thinking school's important for the for the wrong reasons, and obviously this isn't a podcast about college. But you know, for me, I said I don't know how much I learned in undergrad like that I use today, probably little to nothing. But what I learned was how to start growing up. You know, take care of yourself. You're seventeen, eighteen. Your mom's still doing the laundry, getting out, you're cooking. You're cleaning for yourself. You're cooking. You're hopefully. You know, doing your laundry and t- becoming an adult learning how to socialize outside your small town or, or even large town it doesn't matter outside your little circle dealing with some new people you know, learning time management skills and growing up is really a lot of what that's about depends on what you're studying and all that but even me i did my bachelor's in three years in pre-med and i uh, mean yeah, i didn't find it honestly all that super challenging you know i got you had to study and stuff but really it was more about you know learning how to grow up and, and learning some life skills and learning some stuff on the way as well but so anyway, so I think, you know, you can go to college for four years or three and then start a business from there and not invest in three, four, five years doing a medical specialty, right? Physical therapy, chiropractic, I of that stuff is a couple more years. And if you make good living. It's a great job to help people. But, you know, if you want to start a business, that's your ultimate goal. There's no point in going another three or four years to do that. But, you know, obviously my children really wanted to get into it. I wouldn't discourage them. But I was just thinking that I would definitely want them to start to practice on their own. I just think there's just no way to make it end well for for the children. I think it's not fair to them. You know, like I said, they do well. They say, Oh, you already had your dad's practice, no wonder you did well, or you know, you already had a practice whatever. You already had a business, no wonder you're doing well, you got such a head start, et cetera. Or if it doesn't do well, you know, that's tough too. Or or the parents, you know, I've seen a lot of times they have trouble letting go and they're still in there, not letting the children run the place as well can have their thumb on the business till the kid's 50, 60 years old as well. So that can be really challenging as well. So anyways, I think long story short, I've come to that conclusion, but I want you to start thinking ahead that way as well, though. You know, part of this was mindset, start looking much further down the road. I mean, a lot of people aren't thinking this stuff. You know, if you have children, you should be staying for the college and thinking about this. What do you want them doing in 20 years? You know, these are things you gotta think about, right? If I do want them going to grad school, do I gotta save more money? Maybe they pay for grad school. But these are things you start thinking about when they're three, four years old, like I am, not when you're 15, 18, 20 years old, you're worrying about it then. So start looking a little bit longer term down. If you are a business owner, which I know a lot of my podcast listeners are, you know, you may disagree with me on this, you may agree with me. Just something to think about. I've just, like, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this since I've had children and even before kids, just really thinking, do you know, planning for the next generation, how you want to handle that and i think you should as well start thinking about that you you know either way don't push them into anything you're not going to push them to be a chiropractor but you know they're going to want to follow their dad's footsteps or mom's footsteps so, you know, knowing how you feel about this now is important. You know, that's what I would tell my kids, i said, listen, you know, business is the way to go. If you just want to start a business, it's much easier to go to four years of school and then go start a business instead of going for seven, eight, nine years of school and starting a business, you know, it's years behind. But, um, you know, if they wanted to go into school for what I do or something similar, of course, I would support them and, and pay for that as well. But I think the practice, um, I would really not hand it over. I think I would, even if, you know, the timing was right and I'm ready to get out of it, I really think you're better off having them make it on their own. You know, she said this book is this guy, he's holding, you know, 70 something year old billionaire and he's still like kind of living under dad's shadow. So dad's been gone for years. Right. So it's tough. So, but you know, you may not think that way and that's fine too. And really the point of the podcast start getting you thinking out longer term like that, thinking 20 years out, 10 years out, maybe your kids 10, like what do you want to do in eight, 10 years? Maybe even thought about it yet. Maybe they're eight, you know, it's 10 years away till they go to college. It goes really fast. I was just talking to my wife about something. You know, there's only so many. As summers end in. We, we got a new boat. We're out boating on it and stuff. And she, it's the whole conversation. We got another boat, this and that. But I was like, you know, she's three and a half, you know, but, uh, you know, she's all these summers, but there's really not that many. Or if you think about how many Labor days are there, there's, you know, she's three and a half, you know, 14. Do they want to be on their, on the boat with their parents anymore? Probably not, right? So, the, you know, Labor days coming up, there's only, you know, 10, 11 Labor days left that she wants to be on a boat with us. It's not 10, 11 years or, you know, hundreds of days. You know, I think it, it's 4th of July. They do 4th of July fireworks on our lakes. So there's, you know, 10, 12, 13 times more that she's going to want to see the fireworks on the boat with her parents. There's only so many years, so many times that they're going to want to do that. So you got to think a little bit longer term out. So once you think, you know, if you have children or don't, you know, if you don't have kids, that's fine too. Think 20 years out. Of, what do you want to be doing 20, 30 years? you got to think longer term. That's the way that the really successful people do. You know, low income people are looking at what's going on this weekend. Successful people are looking out 10, 15, 20 years. Said so I'm on this calculator looking out twenty years like all the time, right? It's sixty, I'll have this much saved, At seventy, I'll have this much, sixty-five, so seven fifty-five. You know, I play around with that all the time. Right, if I save a little more, invest a little more aggressively I'll have this at this age and you know, I'm looking at that 20 years all the time. What do I want to do? Do you want to move somewhere warmer? Do you want to stay here? Do you want to move? Yeah, whatever it is. But just start looking a little more longer term and thinking about this next generation. What do you think about your kids? What do you think they want to be doing? Should we save for college, for grad school, trade schools? Do you want to hand over your business to them one day and start playing for that as well? And that's another thing. I mean, I had one guy hire me for coaching a little while back. He didn't stick with it too long. But you know, basically at a... A decent practice at one point. I think it drifted to a pretty crummy practice at the point he contacted me. But he had saved some money and was probably okay to retire. I, mean, I don't know. You know that number depends on different people. But um you know, it might have been okay. But his, his kid turned out to be a chiropractor. Wanted to be a chiropractor. And was going to come into the practice next year or two. And basically, it was it was such a tiny little practice that there was like, I mean, honestly, he was embarrassed to have the kid come in there that he had this little practice left over. It was really wasn't enough patience for another doctor to be in there if he still wanted to work a couple more years and didn't have the systems, didn't have anything set up to bring him in. And he's calling me. I think the kid had like a year left or something. And we, we could have helped him. He didn't stick with it very long, but um, which is fine. But, um, you know, we could have helped him. But, again, this isn't the time to be thinking about this. The kid's out of school in a year. Like, you knew he was going to school years ago, for one to be doing this to build it up and get the systems ready for another associate whether it's your kid or not you have the systems ready for that right so if you do want that you want your kid in the business you've got to have the system set up for that and you've got to be setting that up way way in advance so you know having systems set up checklists in place and marketing calendar and you know job duties and an office manual policy manual and all that stuff in place you know before they jump in as well so maybe you do want your kid to take over your practice that's fine this is my thoughts on it and you don't have to agree with that obviously Uh, so you said you know what I really want my kid to take over practice I busted my butt getting this give me a good life Style, and I want my kid to be able to enjoy it as well, and skip the five, seven years of misery starting it up. Yeah, you know, that's absolutely noble. Like I said, that's not the conclusion I just came to, and that's fine. You don't have to agree with me. Uh, it's just my thoughts. It's really more of getting you thinking out ahead like that. But anyway, so you say, you know, I do want my kid to practice five, ten years. Well, you got to do things a little bit differently. You know, supporting a lot of people are solo practitioners, just them, and there's a couple assistants. You know, you can, usually you're not going to hand over the keys right away to a child or you know a kid right out of school. So you got the system set up, you know, for associates, you got to be able to drive them in into practice. You got to drive them new patients. You got to have a system set up for them, system set up for the staff um, and all kinds of other stuff. So it's a whole other can of worms. not something you just do right away when the kid goes out of school, just jump in. So you better be preparing a couple years out for it. So anyway, so the point of this podcast, think longer term, once you think out 20, 30 years all the time, you have children, really think about that next generation. What are you going to do? What do you want them to do? Should you save them for college? Do you want them to come to the family business? How do you want to arrange that? So look about 20 years and look a little bit further ahead and think about this next generation and what you want to do as well. So hopefully this gets you thinking, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Thanks for listening to Dr. J's Path to Success podcast. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. For information, please visit drjamesfetish.com. Dr. James, R. fetish clinic director at Village Family Clinic. His book is... Secrets of a Million Dollar Clinic is available on Amazon and online at HackettstownFamilyClinic.com or DrJamesFetish.com www.drjamesfedich.com